This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for Sports Talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk. For Wednesday, February the 27th, I'm your host, D.A., and today the sports world reacts to another awful Celtics loss. Boston comes into this season as the favorites of the Eastern Conference, perhaps even favorites to knock out the Golden State Warriors. They were looked at as the biggest threat in the NBA to Golden State this year, and yet with just over 20 games to play, they find themselves at the five seed in the East and a 23-point loss of the hands of the Raptors last night. Kyrie Irving, the stats don't lie. The Celtics are worse when Kyrie is on the floor, and last night it was more of the same. Kyrie had a terrible night. Kawhi had a great night, and the Raptors cruised. So on WEEI Radio in Boston, Mutt Callahan and Jermaine Wiggins discussed whether it's Kyrie's fault this Celtics team is a mess right now. I'm not going to put it on why, one why player. You, why are you here to uh, give Kyrie? Why are you here to help him? Why, I'm not helping him. I, excuses I'm not Kyrie. making excuses, but you're you're basically saying that it's you blame Kyrie. I'm not putting all the blame on one player. There are plenty of guys out there who Let did me ask not you play this. defense. They have internal problems, clearly. Yes. You want to fire the coach. It Mutt comes from to the fire coach. The GM. Yep. I, think, I, I think there's something going on, and I'll give you two possibilities. Mm-hmm. That, Behind the scenes, again, these guys are together all day, every day, flying, bussing. Right. Uh, I think it's hard to keep secrets, even if you're trying to keep a secret. What if Kyrie has made it clear, one way or the other, that he's out of there and he's going to New York with with uh, with Davis and, uh, and and Durant? Clearly. Okay. That's A. What if B, he said... <laughs> He's not going anywhere, but Davis is coming here. Yes. And that's, you, that you, and yes. you are gone. Well, that's that's why it goes back to Ainge. That I, I would well, say that's I, a I, good I would, thing. That's, that's a good thing. I would, I would say you're more B, likely that way. Absolutely, than the first, the case. The first I'm not saying there. which is more, but but there's some internal thing, and it's this dissension from the rumors, which are a lot more uh, uh, close to the truth when you're in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I mean. That's the guy. Kyrie's the guy. He's the one that's making the decision. But also, they're smart enough to know that's the best move Danny Ainge has. Jason Tatum knows that. No, Terry Rozier knows Jason that. Jason Tatum. Yes, they do. Jason they know that Tatum. every team wants to acquire as many superstars as So you think a kid like Jason Tatum is as very con- confident, very talented, really good. Yeah. And Kyrie says, sorry, bub. I'm, yeah. I'm bringing my buddy Davison. And he's going to say, that's cool. Let's go play well, hard. Ta- well, Tatum, uh, Tatum did say that he would trade himself for Anthony Of course. Davis. What else is he going to say? I'm but, talking but comes, about right. a teammate giving up on him in his mind. Right, right. But it's the coach that has to figure that out in the locker room and not allow that be hit, not allow the, the things that are going on in the locker room 
to trickle onto the court when they're playing the games. Because okay. there's always no, no, a no, coach. That's the, that's the player's job, Wiggy. Why is it the coach's job? The coach, all, all these guys after the game last night, from Al Horford to Marcus Smart to Marcus Morris, all pointed at the players and their lack of effort. How is a lack of effort, how is a lack of unity on the coach? Listen, the unity on the coach, it comes down to the coach to being able. It's not college basketball. It's no, not no, high it's school pro basketball. It's, it's the NBA. They right. pay a lot so, of money to play basketball. So hotter, How is that the coach? It's hotter in the NBA than it is in high school and college basketball. In college basketball, the egos are not as big, right? So as a, as a head coach, your job is to try to get all these egos and all these attitudes all on one page and, and collectively go out there and do their best on the court to win. A championship. That's what the coach has to They have to be coached up when they're getting paid millions of dollars it's to do that. It's not about being coached up, Mike. You keep missing. You, do you not listen? You keep missing. I, I, am, I am listening. I you are I'll literally say saying this. nothing. You're saying I nothing said, right I, now. What I you're saying means coach, absolutely nothing. The coach, of course the coach has a role, Mike. No, what do you think? Mike, Mike, we we know that. Jerry. We, Mike, we, 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 we understand that, but his role is the effort of it. When they win, last year, we were ready to make a statue of Brad Stevens. He was the golden boy. They won 10 of 11 before their slide this year. So last night, when the team gives up, when the team doesn't give an effort, when the coach... Uh, by the way, kind of come unraveled himself. Mm -hmm. he did? I, I've yep. never seen that before when he's yelling, throwing F-bombs and yelling at the... I don't even know who he was yelling at. The fans? <laughs> I think he was yelling uh, at his it was, team, it, I think it was after the... Wasn't it after Jason Tatum? He, got was the yelling at, foul? he was yelling at the ref, but then he turned to the crowd and said, who cares? And, and, he, and he was flustered. Anyway, of course the coach... Is to blame. Uh, it shares some of the blame for this. Of course, right. I, I I've never said he doesn't. I've said the players well, you just said is, they make a million dollars. Right. So you you, said, you said why do they? I need think a coach? When, it, when it comes down to effort and when it comes down to that at the NBA level, that is on the players more than the coach. Yes, Kyrie has not been a solution. He's been part of the problem, but there's a lot of problems to go around. And frankly, if you're only going to pit it on Kyrie and nothing else. I think you're lost. There are young guys that are inconsistent. There's a coach that has constantly overseen friction in that locker room. The general manager has basically said, we will trade everybody to make sure that we get Anthony Davis in here. Gordon Hayward as a big free agent signing has been injury prone. There's a lot of problems with the Celtics team, and it's not just Kyrie, even though he might be number one on the problem list. LeBron James and the Lakers are at risk of missing the playoffs, and who would have thought that before the season? But that's where we stand now, and so is it inevitable? Is it going to be the first time in forever that LeBron James actually misses the postseason? Here's Gary Parrish on 92.9 in Memphis. Maybe you can't just drag a group of idiots to the playoffs the way you've, you've done when asked to do so. Uh, previously in your career you know maybe y you are not that version of lebron james anymore like all of these things are, are on the table right now i saw somebody last night tweet we need to stop calling lebron james the best basketball player on the planet because it's not true anymore and i don't know whether that's true or not but that is something people are starting to uh, at least wonder about um you know i i thought the lakers would be in the playoffs even as recently as last week when we discussed it when I was hosting Time to Shine with Evan Washburn, I thought the Lakers would, would be in the playoffs because if you looked at their winning percentage in games with LeBron James before the All-Star break, they were winning games at like a 58% rate. 
And if they could match that, it was going to get them to right around 43, 44 wins. And if they could do anything better than that, um, they would probably be in the Western Conference playoffs. And yet they immediately go out and lose a game to an Anthony Davis-less New Orleans team, and then they lose to a Jaron Jackson Jr.-less uh, Grizzlies team. And, you know, you take two projected wins and turn them into losses – um, now you're in a real, real bad spot. So it does appear that uh, LeBron James is going to be watching the NBA playoffs this season. Regardless, even after another disappointing loss, he went on Instagram last night and posted a graphic celebrating the fact that he's the only player uh, now in history to be in the top 10 all time in points and assist. And listen, nobody is a bigger LeBron James fan than I am. You can't do that. No, not last night. You can't celebrate individual accomplishments when your playoff hopes are being flushed down the toilet. No. You just can't. It's just a bad look. No. I, when I was talking to Jeff about it earlier today, it would have been like Jeremiah Martin scoring 41 points in the second half at USF, then jumping on Instagram and being like, 41, baby! Yeah. You know, woohoo! Yo, man, you lost the game. <laughs> and, um, you know, Jeremiah was even... He couldn't, if you could go back to... All of the questions being asked to Jeremiah after he had that incredible performance, you know, he was saying, quoted, you know, it's hard to even celebrate it because, um, you know, we lost the game. We came up short. You know, yeah, I just scored 41 points and a half. No other college basketball player in the country has done that this season. Incredible achievement, but, like, I don't feel good about it because we just lost. And then here's LeBron James celebrating an individual accomplishment after a second straight loss that is severely lowered the chances of the Lakers being in the playoffs, just a weird look. If I were his advisor, I would have said, yeah, you're going to want to delete that one before it gets too much traction. Uh, but he still got it up as of this moment. I think they're cooked. I think they're done. I know that the Lakers don't have to make up tons of ground and just making the playoffs might be a win at this point in time. But I think with the way that LeBron is playing disinterested, I think the way that the young guys have not really been able to take over any leading reins of this team, and with the way that that just all feels like it's kind of coming apart of the seams, I don't think this is going to be a playoff year for LeBron, which just seems totally insane considering before the season began, you heard people talking about the Lakers as high as a three or a four seed. And so is this marriage the right one? I mean, LeBron gets to go out to L.A. and get his hands in all types of Hollywood stuff, like record producing with 2 chains and starring in Space Jam 2 and the Barbershop talk show. But is this the type of marriage he envisioned when he first signed with L.A., missing the playoffs? Here's Arash Markazia, 97.3 The Fan in San Diego. Arash is a columnist for the L.A. Times on with Dan Cilio. Does LeBron regret it? You think there's buyer's remorse from the Lakers, and do you think maybe there's even on the other end LeBron has regret going to the Lakers? You know what? I can't speak for LeBron. I don't think the Lakers have any remorse because I don't think that they would have been in a better situation. I think that they have set themselves up to be a a contender next year. Like, you know, when you look at the team that they have right now, I mean, this is not a championship team. This is a playoff team. And I think what you're seeing is, uh, you know, following LeBron getting hurt on Christmas Day and following the, the reports of basically half the team, if not basically like all the good players on the team, being a part of talks to be traded, you know, they have not been able to recover from that. They've had moments where they've kind of played together. But, um, you know, this isn't a situation where the Lakers 
would be a better situation without LeBron. I do not believe that. I think because of LeBron, they will be able to attract one more superstar player, and maybe they can still package these young guys for one more superstar guy and have like a big three type of a situation here. But I'd be curious how LeBron truly feels. I mean, this clearly has not gone the way that he had hoped. How about this? If I told you that the Lakers are on pace right now to have the same record that they had a year ago without LeBron, would that shock you? A hundred percent. I mean, I think at that point I would say who has been hurt and who are, you know, like, yeah. so here's my thing. I think if LeBron doesn't go down, if Alonzo Ball doesn't go down, this isn't a championship team, Dan, but this is a playoff team. And so I am shocked that they are in the position that they are currently in. I, you know, if they had found a way to beat the Grizzlies, I think I would have been more confident in my prediction post-All-Star that they're going to find a way to sneak into the playoffs. At this point, I, I don't see that um, happening right now. What do you make of Magic Johnson running the Lakers? How well do you think he's done as the president of the team? Well, the number one goal they had last season was to get LeBron James, and they got that done. And I mm. think the number one goal this season is to get one or two superstars to make this a championship team. So from my standpoint, he's done fine. I think this summer is the summer where we see, okay, are, are they going to surround LeBron James with a supporting cast that can make this team a championship contender. Because, then, if you look at the team that they put on the court this year, we maybe thought that they were a playoff team, but, you know, when you subsequently sign Rajon Rondo and Michael Beasley and JaVale McGee and, you know, they, they, this wasn't a championship team. This was a playoff team. So to see them in this current spot is a little surprising. I don't think LeBron regrets it because I think he loves being in Los Angeles around all of those entertainment power brokers, and he's getting to do the things that ultimately he wanted to do all along, like star in major movies and produce records and television shows and documentaries. But in terms of a basketball marriage, I don't think there's any doubt. LeBron didn't think it would be this bad. Baseball season is here, and if you go down to spring training, either Arizona or Florida, it's beautiful. Warm weather, cheap seats, easy concession lines, easy bathroom lines, and much cheaper concession prices than anywhere in Major League Baseball. But, of course, the cold, hard rally is going to hit us in April when Major League ballparks open, and once again, you're paying through the nose for your beer and your hot dog and your seat. And so Bill Michaels on 105.7 in Milwaukee was discussing how the Brewers' concession prices are over the top. And apparently, this upset the baseball club. Are the Brewers too sensitive? Let's listen in. I went back and I said, okay, what is Mercedes-Benz Stadium? We were just down there and Arthur Blank had just talked about the increase in revenue and then the increase or the decreases in prices and how happier fans were. They were spending more money at the game. I mean, their hot dogs are 2 bucks. Slice of pizza is 3 bucks. Their peanuts are $3. Their beer, a 12-ounce beer, 5 bucks. Bottle of water, two bucks. The Brewers are uh, over a hundred and twenty percent higher in their prices, and you're talking about a spring training game, you know. So I, I look, I said, I, I, I don't know how you can smile and say what a great facility and we're taking care of our fans when that's the kind of prices you're putting out. And I, I got a bunch of people that uh, had sent me, oh boy, you better not, you know, the Brewers are going to be mad at you. Look, if the Brewers are getting pissed at this. 
then they have no backbone. And here's the reason why. Because all the things that we do that are positive, all the things that we say are good, I don't get a phone call to say, you know what, I appreciate that. That's great. I've always said that. Look, if you want to be mad at something that we say in this program, that's fine. But you better then turn around when something good is said, when something good is stated, when some things are are positively addressed, and you better call the program and give us the exact same praise. Because I don't put up with that crap. Never have, never will. When I worked at the flagship station, it's one of the reasons I wasn't going to do the postgame show anymore, because there were certain things that they wanted me to say, and I wasn't going to do it. I just don't do that. That's the reason we have a successful talk show, because it is a free exchange of free ideas, and nobody is telling you what to say. And that's not a battle you want to take on, because I'm not the person that sits silently and goes, I'm sorry. That just That crap doesn't happen. I just think it's wrong. That's my opinion. Now, people pay it. Pfizer Forum people pays it, because it's like 19 bucks or something like that for some kind of a mixed drink down there, which when I got hit with that, I thought, you got to be kidding me. That's, that's ridiculous. That's also absolutely ridiculous. That's absolutely asinine. That's that's disgusting. And and you know what? And I've I've said this to certain people in certain certain organizations too, because there is some organizations in this state that they are just high and mighty, and they think they are. And I said to them, look, if you want to be like that, that's fine. When you're on top, but you can look down on people and you can say, we sit atop the perch, it's great. But when you come crashing down and your world is not what you think it is anymore, you are going to be begging us to cover a story about somebody going to a bolathon, and you're going to be begging us to give you better coverage and more positive coverage when you come crashing down so you better be careful who you treat poorly once you get to the top and if that's the way you want to be that's fine bring it on i've got a pulpit five days a week seven times a week it really if you want to count some of the other shows that's fine we'll have a free exchange of ideas i just personally walking into a, a new spring training facility excited about the the facility to have that punch you in the face when you're there with your kids and you're ready to go, you just want one beer, hot dogs, and, and you're going to spend a hundred and something dollars just for one round to sit there for, I, I don't know. It just it just bothered me. Look, I don't have to spend it if I don't want to spend it. You're absolutely right. But the option there has been taken away by the mere pricing, not by my opinion as to whether or not I want one or don't want one. You've made that decision for me, and that's what's disappointing. I think all of these baseball teams and football teams, for that matter, all pro teams should be on high alert because if Arthur Blank can do this in Atlanta and make concession prices that cheap, even for a Super Bowl, there is really no excuse that other owners can't follow suit. Fact is, if they want fans of the building, they'll drop concession prices because they're making money hand over fist with inflating food and drink prices when they're already doing so in getting all of our money from us from tickets and parking. They don't need to squeeze us because the cost of that hot dog ain't what they charge. Same with the beer and the soda and the popcorn. And I think in today's sports landscape, where it's harder and harder to get people out to games because televisions are so good, technology is so good, flat screens are so good, you want Wi-Fi, You want highlights, you want the second screen experience, and you don't get that at games. They're going to have to drop concession prices. So the Falcons, to me, just feel ahead of the curve. The other night in a game between the Clippers and the Mavericks, Doc Rivers, at the end of the game, took a timeout, grabbed the microphone, and asked the crowd to recognize Dirk Nowitzki. Of course, Dirk is in his final season with the Dallas Mavericks, a future Hall of Famer, no doubt, 
one of the best NBA players of all time, certainly one of the best of his era. And so this was a really nice moment, a really cool moment, sportsmanship at its finest. And just being the gentleman that he is, Dirk Nowitzki engenders all types of goodwill across the NBA. Except, what happens if he's not actually retiring? How awkward would this farewell tour be? The Rise Guys on ESPN Radio 1320 in Sacramento. I mean, it's a really nice moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nowitzki's a little bit sheepish. You know, he waves to the crowd a couple times, and um, I think he doesn't know exactly what to do. I did he's, not know what Doc was doing. He's still standing on the court. Yeah. Game's not actually over yet. So it was a little bit odd, but the as the um, camera worked its way or cameras worked their way around the arena, kind of showing people cheering, you realize how many people were wearing Nowitzki jerseys. That was the other part. Is a lot of people knew what they were watching, mm-hmm. and it's one reason why they were at that game. I'm surprised you weren't watching that game because you know, Doncic was playing. Oh, I saw uh, enough. Whitey, I saw enough of his brilliance early in that game. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, okay, I mean, okay. it's like, what? Got my fill. Did you hear Doc's explanation for why he decided to do that? I did not. He said that um, when the Heat came through, it was a really close game, and he wished he'd done something like that for Dwayne Wade, but it was a close game. And so he just felt like, oh, I'm not going to let this opportunity uh, pass. However, we don't know for sure that Dirk Nowitzki's retiring. He said, I guess they're deciding for me. So, yeah, Dwayne Wade has said, this is it. We're all assuming that Dirk's done, but there are a lot of people that will tell you he's going to play next year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe Doc knows something that uh, the rest of us don't. Maybe he does, and maybe he just didn't way, want to take a the chance. Technical foul, coach grabbing the microphone, delay of game. Okay. If I, were the I assume it were not called. Classy, that's great, but technical foul. <laughs> Dirk can shoot the free throw for all I care. Okay. Um, I think that what happened, as far as the – the Dirk conversation. Mark Cuban's already on record as saying if he wants to play another year, he can play. If he wants to play two more years, he can play. He can play as long as he wants. Everyone assumed that this year would be it because there was this moment for him to spend the season with Doncic, um, essentially ushering him into the NBA. That was before the Porzingis trade. That's why some I think there's a conversation to be had about whether he's actually going to step away because now there are a number of people who cover the Mavericks Mm -hmm. who are speculating that the Mavericks would be very happy for Nowitzki to remain not just on staff but in uniform to be with Porzingis for a year. Have you ever heard about his personal life, the untold story? It actually was made public a few years ago, but people don't talk about it. Did you ever hear what happened to him? About the woman in his life? Yeah, Yeah. there was a con artist that married him and I believe had his child Mm. until he realized uh, okay, or someone was able to show him, um, she's not really what she wants you to think she is. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? No, and I can't. It, it, it would be, it's hard to imagine being taken in so completely, too. Yeah. Which he clearly was. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he does, though, have his future in Dallas if he wants it, in the same way that, you know, Certain players, uh, if they so choose, can be affiliated with a franchise forever. Mm-hmm. Yao Ming with Houston, for example. Um, Tim Duncan with San Antonio, if they want to continue to be associated. So now the question is just strictly, does he really want to play another year? Because he's really not playing that much or that well. I could see him in a new Genix commercial, basketball version. He should really reach out to Frank Thomas at some point. Yeah. Although just saying that gives me the creeps. <laughs> Ah, yes, I would say that that would be the most awkward way this would all end. 
we give Dirk this amazing farewell tour, the All-Star break, All-Star weekend on every road game that he's had. And next year, he wants to play with Chris Dobbs and Luka Doncic. Great. And we'll wrap up with some really bad, terrible news in Big D. The Dallas Cowboys coming off a playoff win last year, looking to build off of the playoff run and winning the division. But they're not going to get any help on their defense from two guys. Randy Gregory and David Irving might both be suspended at least parts of the year. Looks like Randy Gregory is suspended indefinitely. He has had Four violations of the substance abuse program in the NFL. And here's David Irving, who's been suspended twice before as well, apparently popped again. And so what happens in Big D if they can't count on these two guys to be anywhere near the field in 2019? Here's Sean and RJ on 105.3 The Fan and Big D. The National Football League is apparently trying to be more lenient when handing out suspensions and punishing drug offenders, and the Cowboys still manage to get punished. Yesterday, reports surfaced that both Randy Gregory and David Irving could face additional suspensions this upcoming season. Gregory was suspended indefinitely yesterday for a violation of the league's substance abuse policy and the terms of his conditional reinstatement. It's his fourth suspension since being drafted in 2015. Oh, wow. And according to one Cowboys source, he might still be able to return in 2019 if he does the right stuff like he did last year. What does that, what does that mean? The right That's stuff. just according to uh, one Clarence Hill who put that out there saying that according to sources that told him uh, there's a possibility that if Randy Gregory, by the right stuff, they meant the stuff he did all of 2018 to keep himself clean. The offseason, obviously a precarious place for Randy Gregory. I don't know what that necessarily means. There's talk of maybe a two to four game suspension type situation versus an entire season, but as he's suspended indefinitely, the Cowboys are in a little bit of a spot because I think you've got to prepare as if Randy Gregory's not going to be available for you in 2019. Well, look, I mean, in the you know the fact that it hasn't been announced exactly how long it is, I mean, that, uh, yes, that could be a shorter suspension than the full season, obviously. Uh, but I mean, four suspensions, four like you're getting four strikes, not just three. You're fouling some off. That's what is happening. Staying alive in the batter's box. I, 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 I can't fathom continuing to give fourth, fifth chances on guys with suspensions. They're going to wave bye-bye to David Irving. They might as well give Randy Gregory the same treatment. David Irving also reportedly under investigation for a possible suspension. It's unclear which one he exactly violated this time. I'm sure he'll tell us on Instagram. I'm sure he'll tell us on Instagram that he didn't violate anything, that he was being wronged yeah. for having a rule that doesn't doesn't benefit him. Yeah. All right, and that could be it. Maybe it's the eight or so missed tests that we think he might have had. And look, we all like Randy Gregory. He's the one that matters here because he was supposed to be coming back to the team. David, not. We all like Randy Gregory. We all root for Randy Gregory. But the 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 business part of it is you could never count on him fully. Like, we had right. this argument weeks ago. If you were going to ignore the position in free agency and the draft – that was because you thought it was a hundred percent lock in that Randy Gregory was going to play for you and not have any more missteps. That was foolish. And the Cowboys need to get out of this business of 
in, in, in the National Football League where there is such a thing as dead money and a salary cap, get out of the business where these types of things can screw over your debt because now defensive line looks like a major problem. Of course. And Tank has more leverage. Of course it, it looks like a major problem. It is a major problem. Now, I don't want to sit here and say that Randy Gregory is a big loss. He only had six sacks. Let's not freak out over six he sacks. He was second on the team in sacks, Okay, though. but that, that, that's more of a, an indictment on the team than it is a benefit and a, and a plus to Randy Gregory. Six sacks. Dude, we could find a guy for six sacks by the end of the show. <laughs> six sacks? We're going to freak out over a sack every two and a half games? <laughs> What's the old saying? When you roll around with dogs, you get fleas. That's the Dallas Cowboys. They drafted guys with baggage. They drafted guys with problems. Guys like Randy Gregory, who knew, everybody knew, had issues that he would have a tough time trying to keep a lid on. Now gonzo for you. This is what happens. You take those risks, and oftentimes, you get burned. That will do it for us. Here's the best of your sports talk daily. It's Around the Dial. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.